1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: This podcast contains violence, adult themes, and material that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised.
3: True North True Crime is produced on the traditional territories of the Coast
0: Salish people.
3: On January 12, 2022, a 37-year-old woman was abducted from a home in Wasega Beach, Ontario. At around 8.30 p.m., three men posing as police officers gained entry to the home and claimed to have a warrant for her arrest. She was dragged out of the home and across the ice and snow in bare feet. She was then placed in a white Lexus SUV that sped away from the home. She has not been seen or heard from since. Her family has assembled a team to bring her home, but they need your help too. Tonight, we bring awareness to the abduction of Elnaz Hatchtamiri. And this is True North True Crime.
2: Hello everyone and welcome back to True North True Crime, or if this is your first time listening, welcome. Thanks for joining us. As usual, we want to thank some listeners who bought coffee for this week's episode, so a huge thank you to Ladybug, Lucy, Paula, LA, Natika, Shonda, Jeff, Bonnie, and Kristen S. for keeping us caffeinated this week. If you would like to buy us a coffee for an upcoming episode, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com tntcpod. If clothing is more your vibe, we have t-shirts, hoodies, and crewnecks with the TNTC logo for sale at our tea Public store. If you're new to the podcast, True North True Crime is an independent podcast that brings awareness to missing people, victims of violent crime, and criminal court cases that affect Canadians. We're a two-person team with the goal of boosting these stories in a compassionate and factual way.
3: We appreciate all of your story suggestions, and we want to let you know that we do prioritize cases that come to us from family members or close contacts. So if your family member, friend, or loved one is struggling to get attention for a missing or murdered person, please reach out to us. There are many ways that you can participate if you don't want to be on mic or on the record. Feel free to reach out to us at truenortruecrime at gmail.com. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode.
2: Tonight is an incredibly urgent episode, and we ask that you share the heck out of it. The family needs our help to find their loved one and bring her home safe. This case is happening in real time and is a time-sensitive situation.
3: We are talking about the abduction of a 37-year-old woman named Elnaz Hajtamiri. She also uses the name Elnaz Tamiri. As we said in the intro, Elnaz was dragged out of a home in Wasega Beach, Ontario, on january 12, thousand twenty two. This case is incredibly distressing and, as we said, urgent. Elnaz is described as being five foot three inches tall, with a slim build. She has shoulder length, black hair. There is no description of what she was wearing at the time of the abduction. The abductors are described as three men with dark complexions that were dressed as police officers and wearing military-style tactical vests. Another man, possibly associated with the crime, was seen earlier that week and that day, acting suspiciously near the home. His only description is that he has a dark beard. The men drove away with Elnaz in a white Lexus SUV. There are no other physical descriptions ...that have been released to the media with regards to the abductors. The Ontario Provincial Police are investigating this abduction. And on January 18th, they launched a tip line, which is 1-833-728-3415. They have also created the hashtag home to be used on social media.
2: We were approached to cover this case by a team who are fighting to raise awareness to this case and bring Elnaz home safely. We put this episode together incredibly quickly as we know that time is of the essence. We actually had a different episode ready to go this week, but we prioritize Elnaz's story due to the urgent nature of the case. The family has assembled a strong group to investigate this case, including a legal team headed by Devin Baines, a Toronto-based lawyer. They have also hired private investigator Tom Klatt to look into the kidnapping and to bring Elnaz home. Tom Klatt spent 19 years on the Toronto Police Service where he worked on investigations into organized crime groups and international narcotics syndicates. As you are likely aware, he was also hired by the family of Barry and Honey Sherman to investigate their murders.
3: The nature of the kidnapping of Elnaz and the events leading up to it make it clear that this was a targeted attack. On December 20th, 2021, Elnaz was assaulted in the underground parking garage of her condo in Richmond Hill by two masked men. The assault left her with a severe head wound requiring almost 40 stitches. York Region Police investigating the December assault have still not identified the attackers, nor have they made any arrests. To put this episode together, we spoke with attorney Devin Baines, as well as a family spokesperson. For safety reasons, we will not be using the family spokesperson's name. Instead, we will just use the term family member when we refer to them. We will rely heavily on the audio from those interviews for this episode. But before we get into the interviews, we will walk you through what has already been publicly reported about this case. Some information will be repeated from different perspectives throughout the episode.
2: So here's what we do know. We know that El Naz began living in the Greater Toronto Area in 2018, having moved from Iran. She is a hardworking, law abiding citizen. She's loved by her family and has spent her life helping others. On December 20th, 2021, El Naz was attacked in the underground parking garage of her Richmond Hill apartment located on King William Crescent. Two masked men approached her car and beat her over and over with a frying pan. They only stopped when they saw that she wasn't alone. Police described one suspect as six foot two inches tall with a medium build and short brown hair. He wore a surgical mask, a camo puffed jacket, and dark pants. The second suspect is five foot ten inches tall with a medium build. He wore a dark hooded jacket and a surgical mask. We will post the suspect photos on our social media.
3: Elnaz was traumatized and left with a severe head wound that required 40 stitches. Elnaz also found evidence that she was being tracked. Days before the December 21st attack, she took her leased vehicle back to the leasing company. During an inspection, they found two tracking devices. A third tracking device was also recovered by police investigators. Fearing for her life, Elnaz reached out to friends and family to help her by providing her a safe house. A relative offered to let her stay at their Wasaga Beach home. Wasaga Beach, or sometimes called Wasaga Beach, is a safe, touristy beach town located about one and a half hours from Richmond Hill. Then, as we said, on January 12, 2022, Elnaz was abducted by three men from the same Wasega Beach home located on Trailwood Place. These are the facts that we know. However, we are going to let the family member and Devin Baines provide some context to this case, as well as to help our listeners to understand who Elnaz is and the tragedy that has hit this family.
2: We ask the family member to tell us about Elnaz, who she is as a person, how she grew up, and what her life in Iran was like.
0: I know the family she grew up, because I grew up in the same family. Uh, you know, the principles always from childhood, uh, you know, think right, talk right, your actions should be right, always do the right thing. Uh, people matter, uh, life of people matter, you should always help. Um, you know, the grandmother of the family, my mom, uh, grandmother to all education, uh, always, uh, you know, try to Gain as much uh, power through education as you can. Our charity was always at the front, uh, front and center of El Naz's work. Uh, you know, whether orphanage, uh, you know, kids far away from main cities that they couldn't have education. Um, you know, helping wherever she could, uh, getting on social media and and, and making her point. Uh, you know about something. Um, and 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 she studied very hard. Uh, in that part of the family, in my sister's family, uh, she was the hard-headed, uh, go-get-it, um, you know, make it happen. Um, poor woman got married uh, to this uh, beautiful, uh, educated doctor, uh, and then you know, in a their life, were on 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 top of the world. They had everything. Uh, they had friends. Uh, they had. Uh, gatherings, uh, they had projects. Uh, they were traveling the world. Uh, they were they were the icon of the family, and suddenly uh, he gets sick uh, with some sort of a you know quick disease. Uh, her you know his lungs uh, didn't give him a whole lot of time, and suddenly uh, he was gone. Uh, and, and, and she was left behind. Um, a, a terrible tragedy for everyone in the family. And, and for years she fought in Iran. Um, you know, at the end, uh, she decided to move on because anywhere in the country uh, would remind uh, her of, of, of the deceased husband. Uh, and and uh, she, she thought that there's not gonna be any life for her uh, back home. Uh, so she cashed everything. Uh, surprisingly the cash in the account and some of the assets she had. uh, She sold, went far away, uh, away from Tehran, that's where she was living. And she opened a school for the fourth grade uh, girls. Uh, That part of the world, they only could go up to third grade and, and then education would stop until something happens. And she named that school after her husband. And then and, and she continued supporting and sending money and sending money to orphanages. That was at the heart and soul of you know, her, her life. And uh, so she uh, finally came to Canada and then she started her life over there. Um, the reason she chose Canada is because she was looking for a support system and Canada was the best place for her. Uh, she had friends from childhood uh, that they were in Canada. Uh, she had family in the United States. She had family in uh, in Canada as well. And she felt comfortable that she has enough uh, support system to to kind of push her forward and, and get her. Uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, very cold weather, cold temperatures, starting from the beginning. But she made it. Uh, she got herself the car. She got the residency. She... She started, you know, finding and bringing all friends put together. Uh, she, uh, she got a, a place to live. Uh, you know, she, she was thinking about her passion, um, building candles uh, for gift shops, uh, building cakes, uh, amazing birthday cakes, anniversary cakes. And that was really her passion uh, to go ahead and, uh, and, and, and do all of that yeah I can tell you uh that she would not lie, she would not cheat, she would not get involved in any, any anything that's against the law um, you know it, it would not fall in those three buckets of think right, talk right, act right uh if 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 anything would not fall into those buckets, uh, it was not her business to do
2: so as you just heard, El grew up with a strong set of family values. She worked with orphanages and charities. She even opened a school in her husband's name to help young girls be educated. Sadly and tragically, that husband passed away and she would eventually move to Toronto, Ontario.
3: We then asked the family member if he could expand a little on her life and her move to Toronto.
0: In, in, in her adulthood, I, I I think, you know, after uh, after her husband passed, um, she stayed single, no relationships, um, like like devoted. Uh, if, if she could, she probably would stay that way for the rest of her life, you know, one love. Um, it wasn't enough to say until death do us apart. I, I think for her, it meant, you know, herself too. And then I think what she wanted to do is to build a life uh, that would make her family proud, uh, that she she can she can do it on her own. I think that is that is the biggest uh, characteristic feature uh, that I can explain uh, about El Nas uh, to be independent. Um, so all of that come together, and in a short period of time, she was on her trajectory for life to take off and do things uh, and. Uh, and then, you know, I, I understand that she had a relationship uh, with her boyfriend. Uh, I don't know how long, I think maybe six, seven, eight, nine months uh, that they were together. Uh, she wouldn't talk about it much um, because, you know, she wasn't comfortable. Uh, maybe, I mean, you know, in, in back home, in the old culture, if, if somebody is not serious and important or or, or you know, up to to that point, do not introduce to the family. I think a lot of that goes around. Um, you know, in in, in other uh, countries and and communities as well. So she kind of kept that to herself uh, to see where things were going. Uh, I, I felt toward the end uh, she was not happy uh, with that relationship. Uh, every time I, I I tried to bring it up, she says, "Ah, you know, I'll I'll, I'll tell you all about it when I see you." Type situation. I, I I don't know if that relationship is for me. Um, I, I I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, there were there were a lot of uh, you know stress, uh, like like you know sadness, uh, depression. Like like she was she was above her head and she didn't know. Uh, I think you know that that kind of separated her from her friends too a little bit. But towards the end, as I said, well, how about this friend and that friend? Oh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll call him. I'll get together with him. But uh, it was not, you know, fun for her. I didn't see the same amount of energy in her. So Elnaz settled well into
3: life in Toronto. She was at one point in a relationship with a man, but it seemed that it wasn't perhaps too serious or that the person wasn't the right fit for her. She kept that relationship to herself and a little bit away from family to see where it was going, I guess. But the family member speculates that perhaps she was unhappy in that relationship. The family member went on to tell us from their perspective and what they've heard about what happened to Alnaz on January 12th.
2: The family member we spoke with describes getting home and getting the call about the abduction. He says gradually the story comes out. Elnaz was on the couch in the Wasaga Beach home, watching TV with two family members. There was a knock on the door and three men dressed as police officers said they had a warrant for the arrest of Elnaz Hajtimiri. They appeared to have guns and handcuffs, as well as bulletproof vests with police written across the chest. Their faces were largely covered. They came quickly into the home and pushed the residents against the wall, threatening to shoot them if they moved. They were speaking quickly and aggressively. One of the residents noticed the men were wearing white sneakers and became suspicious that they were not police officers. A struggle ensued and one of the residents escaped across the street, banging on neighbors' doors and yelling to them to call the police. During this time, the men took Elnaz, struggling and fighting her abductors, dragging her barefoot out into the snow. They ditched her phone and her watch and drove away with her in a white SUV. The resident who was left in the house described the event to the family member.
0: I talked to the wife of the cousin uh, who was at the property. She said, for, for, for a moment, I'm frozen against the wall. I Nothing in my body, no muscle moves. And then finally, I, I hear her outside screaming, screaming, screaming. And suddenly, the screaming stops. No more. And, and, and she walks slowly towards the window to see what's going on. And uh, they are moving her in the car. And they sat there in the car for about a minute or so before the car took off. And this period of time is a mystery to us that what happened, uh, they took her watch and her cell phone, uh, they threw it in the uh, snow, they dragged her out. She did not have shoes. There's a plenty of ice and snow on the ground and she dragged her out without shoes, without socks, without anything. On, on the ground. And, and uh, they, uh, it's it's just hard thinking about all of that. It's difficult.
2: We asked the family if they believed that this was a targeted attack.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I um, About two days after the New Year, it's about 4 p.m. on a Friday, uh, I get a call uh, from... Uh, or two or three days. I, I Don't quote me on the dates on that one. So I know it was about 4 p.m. I had just finished the call, and uh, she calls me, and, and she says, Uncle, um, is anybody around you? I said, no, what's going on? She says, would you sit down, please? I want to talk to you. Uh, okay, I sit down, put the phone to my ear. Nobody can hear me. And, and she starts saying that if anything happens to me, and I'm no longer, and I'm no longer around, forgive me. At that moment, my life is upside down. So she starts talking. I want to tell you that last week in the underground garage, of my apartment where I live, I was attacked by two guys that I don't know, I've never seen, never heard of. They dragged me out of the car. One of them had a, a frying pan, kind of a large frying pan, and kept hitting my head, blood everywhere. I kept screaming kept asking for help. And the only reason that they stopped hitting her at that moment, because one of them told the other guy, look, there's another passenger in the car. So they drop her and the guy starts walking toward the other side to open the passenger door or do whatever. At this point, a man walks out of the elevator to the garage, hears the screaming, and runs to the rescue, and these guys fled the scene. Uh, she makes it upstairs to the lobby with the help of the man. And at the lobby, they call the police. York police shows up and you know comes the uh the, uh, the uh, questioning, comes the ambulance. She says, I don't want to get in the ambulance. These people are not real ambulance people. These people are not police. Somebody call the police department. Somebody check him. I don't trust these people. They're going to hurt me. They're going to harm me. Uh, we didn't know if, you know, that was a, frantic situation. She was enduring because of that. But this is what I heard from the passenger that was with her. So they take her to the hospital. Um, She's at the police. And police says, for your safety, you better not stay at home. Let's go home. You have a few minutes to pack up whatever you can. And let's take you to a safe house. So she ends up going to the house of the cousin in Waisaga Beach, and, and she stays there. So it's clear
2: that after El Alnaz was attacked for the first time in December, that she did everything right. She reached out to the authorities and family members for help. She was clearly unsafe and left in a state of trauma and fear. The family member helped us to understand what went through his mind when he first heard of the attack and the abduction of Alnaz.
0: Your parents, how can you pick up the phone and tell these older couples that your daughter has been abducted? Their dearest, youngest daughter is no longer there. They can't talk to her. They can't hear her voice. They wouldn't know where she is. They wouldn't know what has happened to her. That was That's probably the biggest nightmare of my life. I, I don't do this every day. This is not my profession. I am talking to a family member. A dear sister closest to me, it was eight of us. I am number eight. She was number seven. We grew up together. And I have to pick up the phone and talk to her and say, this is what I heard. I didn't even know where to begin. And every other nightmare in my head, anger, I I I want to go catch him. I wanna I I wanna find him. I just you know in a bot and and then you know, our lives been upside down, the friends upside down, family devastated. I can say 125 of us across four continents. Uh, This is a 24-7 conversation for us. We sleep with that. We wake up with that. There is nothing else, Uh, you know, as to what happened. I think answers are very important uh, for that part of it.
3: We are now going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we will speak with attorney Devin Baines about the investigation And we are back. So from what we have gathered, the York Regional Police have been handling the investigation into the December attack on Elnaz. And the Ontario Provincial Police are investigating the abduction file from January 12th.
2: We asked the family member what they have heard from police and if police believe that El Naz is still alive.
0: They don't know. Um, we don't know if she's alive. We don't know if she's dead. We can't tell you what we don't know.
2: We asked attorney Devin Baines what the family is currently doing to find Elnaz.
1: The family uh, can't just sit by and, uh, and have absolutely no information coming to them, of course. And uh, that's uh, one of the key reasons why uh, I was retained by the family, so that I could uh, assist both uh, the police and in any information that can freely go to them. And uh, we have assisted in that regard, and we have put evidence uh, uh, before the police that uh, I don't believe they had before. And uh, furthermore, uh, that's why I've retained uh, uh, Tom Clatt as well as uh, other forensic investigators, respected forensic investigators, so that um, we can assist in getting answers uh, as quickly as we possibly can. The family is doing uh, it everything that they can to affect uh, this purpose to bring Elnaz home. And uh, as you can understand, that's a, that's a tall order for people who are so shattered and so heartbroken by the things that have happened.
3: Devin Baines went on to explain where the investigation is today and any other leads that we should know about.
1: The leads that we know about are uh, really this. Um, first of all, uh, we know that... Uh, that uh, the police uh, released that that security picture a few days ago. Uh, furthermore, while there's been uh, no arrests made in uh, with respect to the abduction uh, or the attack uh, as yet that we know of, uh, we know that El uh, uh, Nas suffered some harassment uh, before that, but leading up to these uh, days. And there has been an individual who's been charged in relation to that harassment. And uh, uh, I don't think it's too much of a stretch of the imagination to to think that that in itself uh, should be considered a lead as well. Um, So yes, uh, there are uh, absolutely uh, leads apparently, but uh, there's no understanding that we have how that leads to some organized plan uh, to get Elnaz back home, to rescue uh, this uh, this person from this uh, ugly uh, situation.
3: Media outlets have recently reported about the arrest of a man believed to be Elnaz's ex boyfriend. He was arrested in relation to a harassment complaint, and we need to emphasize that this arrest has not been connected to Elnaz's abduction, and it has not. Concluded this matter. The family want to bring Elnaz home. This is the mission. However, we needed to include this piece of information in the episode. OPP has confirmed that Mohamed Lilo, 34 years old, was charged with harassment. According to news reported by CBC, he is the ex-boyfriend of Elnaz Hashmiri. Lawyer Devin Baines has confirmed in a media release that Elnaz is the victim in this harassment charge. Again, we want to stress that this arrest is not a conviction and no one has been arrested in relation to the abduction of Elnaz Hashtamiri. Most importantly, Elnaz has not been found and we need to find her.
2: We ask that you share her missing posters, share articles about her case on your social media. Join the Instagram at Bring Home and use the hashtag Bring Elnaz Home. A woman's life is in danger right now and a family is in fear. Shock and grief. Please help us to bring El home. We asked Attorney Devin Baines how our listeners can help.
1: I can tell you this, as uh, as a uh, as both uh, uh, a lawyer and uh, and a person heading an investigation in this case, that uh, the public can help by providing to police authorities, specifically uh, the OPP, and there are hotlines. Uh, uh, set up in this uh, regard, uh, everything that they know and everything that they 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 can tell that uh, can possibly help uh, this investigation along. And I include in that uh, any uh, anything that they've seen, any any persons they've seen matching the descriptions uh, so far, uh, anybody in the Vizcaya Beach area who saw suspicious activity that is uh, at all uh, related. Uh, to the time period uh, that we're talking about. And finally, uh, somebody out there has taken LNAS, and there are people who know what that's about. And uh, I know from uh, speaking uh, to the family on a a daily basis, on a more than daily basis, that uh, they want to implore uh, anybody involved, anybody who has knowledge of this, to... Uh, come forward and save this uh, this 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 lovely person, by all accounts, Elnaz, and uh, and also uh, the people who love her from this horrible uh, affliction that they're suffering right now.
3: We were approached to cover this case because the family knew that our listeners have a history of wanting to help. Here are some final words from the family member.
0: Uh, Elnaz could be your daughter. Elnaz could be your mother. Uh, Sitting at the comfort of your home, doors open, uh, people come in that you have no idea who they are. They grab your family members, they drag them out. Uh, They throw them in the car and you never see them again. Uh, This is life with fear. It could happen to you. Let's get these people, give them the justice that they deserve. Let's save her. At this point, 34 days have gone by. Not much hope. We don't know. We can only pray. We can only get up in the morning with the positive ideas of today. Something good is going to happen. So we're just asking you, please help. Help whichever way you can. In your power to save her. Thank you on behalf of the family. We ask that you share this episode. We ask that you share
3: Elnaz's missing posters on social media. Share articles about her case on your social media. Join the Instagram at Bring AlNaz Home. Use the hashtag Bring Elnaz Home. A woman's life is in danger right now, and a family is in fear shock and grief please help us to bring elnaz home
2: thank you for joining us for this urgent episode of true north true crime we would like to thank the family of elnaz hajtamiri for trusting us with this story we would also like to thank devon baines and the whole team for the work they are doing if you have any information about the abduction of elnaz if you have a ring camera or dash cam footage from the Wasaga Beach area on the night of January 12, 2022, or if you have any information about the December Richmond Hill attack, we ask that you call the OPP at 1-833-728-3415. Naz is described as being 160 centimeters or 5 foot 3 inches tall, slim build, with shoulder-length black hair. No description of what she was wearing at the time of the abduction has been provided. The abductors are described as three men with dark complexions that were dressed as police officers wearing bulletproof vests. Another man, possibly associated with this crime, is described as suspicious-looking with a dark beard. The men drove away with Elnaz in a white Lexus SUV. There are no other physical descriptions that have been released to the media. We will post the CCTV photos of the December attackers on our social media.
3: Our producers on the podcast are Vicki W., L.A., Barbara B., Colleen, Giraffe3000, Melanie E., Sean D., Alberta B., Carolyn M., Kelly D., Jimmy H., Shandy, Jessa, Sarah B.W., Louise Rickshaw, Lisa Marie, Thomas E., Maureen, And Jesse DR.
2: You'll hear from us again soon for another episode. So until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.